Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. You can, I mean, you can definitely learn from the past to make a better future. Um, the other, the other side of that is you also still have to want to make that better future and not just repeat the, like we talk about, you know, repeat the problems of the past. Hey, Rudder Nation! Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living in the areas of your faith, your family, and your career or business. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan. And on this episode, I've got Dan Lefebvre. He's the host of a podcast called Based on a True Story, because I love movies and I love history. And this guy does a show that's entirely about movies that are based on a true story. And I and I've just been a big fan of his show for years. So when I bumped into him at Podcast Movement 2022, I was like, hey, we got to record. We never touched base with each other because we just had wild schedules. Uh, but we followed up afterwards. Here we are. And we're going to be talking about his show, why he started it, what he loves about it, what he draws from learning about history in this way where you watch a movie and then you start comparing it with actual historical accounts. And then how do you discern that what you're reading is a good authoritative piece of content. So how do you know that you're reading the truth or some facts or you're reading a complete fabrication or fiction? So how do you discern that? So we're talking about that, but we're also kind of addressing the, the age old piece of wisdom that those who are not aware of their history are doomed to repeat it. And then how do you apply that to your personal life? Because that is the reality. If you're not aware of your past, your family's generational past, you are in a sense doomed to repeat those patterns. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be geeking out with Dan Lefebvre because I've loved his show for years. And we're going to be talking about why you need to know about history. How do you know you're getting some good informational cross-references? And then is that piece of information truly based on a true story. So here we go. All right. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining me on this call. And um, I'm glad to finally get to chat with you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'm doing my best not to geek out here because I mean, I, I think I've listened to your show about as long as I've been in podcasting. And so when I ever cross paths with somebody that, you know, I've listened to, it's like I, I internally geek out. So, um, Probably not supposed to share that with you, but it's too late. It already came out. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening. I really I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, because it blends the two things that I love. I love history, especially if it's military history. Um, probably because my parents, when I was seven, thought that was the thing to raise my myself up on to to learn how to read. It was like, hey, have them read about this book. And it was like the Civil War. Uh, have them read this one. And it's like the Battle of Iwo Jima and the Battle of the Bulge. I hear, so here I'm a seven Typical childhood reading, right? right? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what happens when your dad's in the army. It's like yeah. you're, getting, you're getting the army stories. Uh, and so I just had this fascination for military history and how, uh, you know, strategies were employed and, and tactics and, you know, just the, the thinking outside the box that really, you know, made a difference in, in just how – our history is what it is. Um, and then the other thing that I love is movies. And so your show combines the two and that's, you know, it, you know, based on a true story, those fa those five famous words, right? Uh, so what inspired you to start that show? 
Um, I mean, it's similar to you. So I've always been a, a huge fan of history. For, um, for me, it was more um, my dad was a, a huge John Wayne fan. And so he very quickly went from like Westerns to the John Wayne World War II movies, you know, Longest Day. And like, um, and so I grew up watching a lot of those World War II movies. Uh, it quickly went from, you know, John Wayne specific to pretty much any World War II movie. Um and then I just I got fascinated by just reading some of the books and like I also want to geek out a little bit you know I collected maps when I was a kid right so nice. um, kind of a, a nerdy thing to do but um, in a lot of the military history books you know you see this the maps with, with where people went and all this kind of stuff so that caught my eye and so it's kind of a natural thing to start reading some of those military history books um, I never really merged the two together into the the show uh, until I I worked for a company where I I taught the software that is used in feature films and so i knew a lot of that kind of the, the back end of movie production um and then that company was a merger and acquisition and then they shut down the office and um at at the point at which they shut down the office i was leading the content marketing team and we were running a podcast interviewing people that worked on movies and games um and so that got me into podcasting and then it was well like it, it kind of all came together. It all came together through Les Mis. I explained this on the episode. I covered Les Mis. Yeah. I came home from a musical at, and I was like, how much of this actually happened in the French Revolution? Like how much? And I was just looking through everything. They and didn't then sing in the streets? Was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was, uh, I'll, I'll be enough. No. <laughs> but there were barricades and you know, all that kind of okay, stuff. Okay. So, and so all that kind of just merged together. And then all this other stuff, you know, my past history of just loving um history and the movies and it was like hey can i can i do a show about this because I, I obviously i love movies in history maybe other people do too and it kind of kind of went from there yeah and i i love how you do your show because uh, and ho- hopefully all of you listening in you, you could check the show out because it is cool um and if you're too lazy to read the history books <laughs> but you'll watch the movie come back to this show and he kind of sorts it out for you this is fact this was fiction and so at the beginning you you hook everybody with uh two truths and a lie and uh i think my my average is around 92 percent. i think I, I get it right about 92 maybe that's, hey that's good yeah that's good i might be lying about it though I, i've never actually recorded my track record <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm also just impressed that you know it's like 92 percent. like i mean the fact that you you know that is is pretty impressive too. yeah well, <laughs> it is somewhere around there. i, I kind of cheat in the sense of of I listen to the episodes where I've seen the movie and I'm familiar with the historical background a little bit. Uh, but if I were to dive into like W.E. with Andrew Lowney, uh, you, you chatted with um, – what was that one? Um, uh, it's uh, Wallace Simpson and, and Edward King Edward. So when he abdicated the throne like – Oh, um, yeah. For, for I, her. I would feel yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I would not get that one right. Uh, well, I mean, y- you don't have to know it though beforehand because you, you, you hook us to the beginning. Like I'm going to say three things. Two of them are true. One is a lie. Uh, and then you unveil it throughout the episode. And so really, if, if you listen to the episode by the end, you're like, yes, I got it. Uh, but if you don't pay attention, you're like, what? No. And then you're, you're out. You're, you're out of luck. Um, and so I, I really love that from a learning development perspective. It, it's really neat because it's like, all right, I got to get this right. I got to get this right. And it's it's almost like taking a quiz at the end. Like, yeah, I got it right. Uh, yeah. And that, that that's I mean, that's kind of the purpose behind it. I mean, end of the day, it's entertainment. You don't if you don't get it right, it doesn't matter. Right. But the, I mean, it, it's I hope that it helps give things to listen to 
throughout. And it kind of, at least in, in my mind, I've, um, it's not like I came up with the idea of two truths and a lie. Um, but when I, when I hear that, it's like, oh, these are the things I know to listen for. And so I'm listening just a little bit closer. And that's kind of the, the idea behind that. And so it sounds like, hey, it's working. That's yeah, great. at least on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, a lot of your episodes are you running them solo, you're telling the story. Um, and so, what kind of sources of information do you go to, to to help you discern, you know, what in the movie was fact and what wasn't? Um, so how do you know you're, you're going to like a good reputable source to say, ah, oh, that is historical fact versus, you know, some guy who's kind of making this up on the fly just to sell some books? Yeah, I mean, some of those are easier to identify than others. Um, I mean, you can <laughs> you can you can based on whoever the author is, you can usually tell right off the bat if it's somebody who's just trying to sell some books right um but i i look for things like you know who the author is if it's if it's a book if it's a source you know if it's documentary who who that is but also you know where are their sources coming from and trying to be as um not not leaning towards one side or the other but focusing more on on the facts Mm -hmm. it's impossible to it's gonna be a hard way to, to phrase this without coming off and sounding uh, somewhat pessimistic, but it's impossible to only state facts. Yeah. Because there are opinions. And as they say, history is written by the renters. And so history books have opinions in them based on who is writing them. And so you're never going to get around that. And so to try to counteract that and, and balance that, you go for more than one source. I mean, I kind of usually go by you know rule of thumb of at least three you know, at least three reputable sources. It, some of it kind of depends too on what the facts are. Um, if it's something like Apollo 13 is, is a, is a great example where it's NASA, they document everything it's, and it's NASA. So if there's nobody else that's going to have that information, they document everything. And if, if, it, if they say one thing, I'm going to, I'm just going to take what they say as fact because Nobody can say otherwise, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, nobody else was there. Um, an example that I like to give, too, is it's a little more um, vague, is the very first episode that I did on, on The Revenant, uh, telling the story of Hugh Glass. Yes, right? yes. A lot of his story is him. Nobody else was there. So how much of it actually happened? Yeah. And in that episode, I try to kind of to play off that point of like, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, a lot of these things I'm going to say, like this happened, this did not happen, but we always have to keep in mind he was the only one there. And if you listen to that story, he liked to tell stories. He liked to exaggerate, right? And he's just one of those guys that likes to do that kind of thing. And he was the only one there. So we can only assume that you got to take a lot of this with a grain of salt. And so you're going to have to be okay with that too, that there are some things in history, we don't know the actual fact of everything that happened. And I try to explain a lot of that too in, in some of the facts that are there, that this is the accepted story as we know right now. But sometimes things change. Uh, I can give another example where um, sometimes we learn new facts. Uh, when I did the the imitation game about uh, you know Bletchley Park, um, that was episode number three. You're a podcaster, so yeah. going back to listen to episode number three, it's you know it's, it's, it's like don't go there, terrifying don't, podcast. don't do that. <laughs> start at um, twenty. <laughs> start yeah, exactly. Um, one of the, one of the most intimidating things that I did uh, for that was I had the chance to actually interview uh, Mark Cotton, who was the producer of the Bletchley Park official podcast. So he works with the team there at Bletchley Park. And he was kind enough to go back and fact check that episode for me, episode number three. And I added that onto that. And then we did a whole nother episode. Um, But some of the things that he fact checked was like, well, when you recorded this in 2016, 
we didn't know, but we found documents in our archives since then, so now we do. Oh, wow. And so there yeah. are some things that even for something that happened in World War II, people are still doing research. We're still finding things. There's new archaeological digs. There's just new stuff. Uh, history always changes, so we, we always have to be okay with sometimes things change, and you have to be okay with constantly learning and constantly going back to that and never having the, well, this is the way it was, and this is always the way it was because of this, right? This is written in stone. Well, I mean, it is, this might be what we think happened now, but that, exactly. That can, I think as, as long as we have people pursuing PhDs in history or archaeology, uh, they're required to add to the body of knowledge. So they are going to dig until they find something. And uh, and so, yeah, you're going to come across like a new translation of something or new perspective on uh, documents that we've looked at or just one new letter that turned up um, because somebody had a garage sale. And yeah, it's yeah. Uh, another great example from a, a recent episode. If I, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I oh, no, no, feel no. Feel free to come out. I'm going tangents. Um, uh, when I, I talked to um, Joshua Devine, or Levine about the uh, Dunkirk, he was the historical consultant on the movie Dunkirk. Yeah. And he made a great point about specifically about the historical accuracy of that movie for an event like that. And when we have a lot of these hi- historical events that are huge events, it's one person's um, one person's version of that events are going to be very different than somebody else's. You know, so a lot of the stories that we saw in that movie, for example, were based on some of the veterans that were there. And like, this is how this is what happened. This is how it happened. Um, and even in that case, the the most blatant example there would be how they thought that the RAF, which just wasn't there. They were they were flying planes that the people on the shore couldn't see because they wanted to you know get the Germans before they actually got there. Yeah. Um, so they were there. They didn't know it at the time. So from their perspective, they weren't there. Uh, he told the story in that episode about, you know, one guy's Dunkirk experience was he hid in a truck the entire time. That was his experience. Wow. And so yeah. his story, he was there. He's a veteran. He was there. But his experience of that is very different than, than some others. So that's another thing you have to kind of keep in mind that even, you know, people were there. One person's experience is going to be very different than somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um – well, I was in Operation Iraqi Freedom, and um, you know, a lot of people think shock and awe. Like Jerry, weren't you like nonstop fighting for twenty-one days? And I'm like, no, I slept a lot. <laughs> and they're like, what? You were in combat? I'm like, yeah, there were battles, uh, but like the first twenty-four hours, other than the opening salvo, uh, it was like twenty-four to thirty-six hours just driving through the open desert. They just kept telling me, hey, Doc, go back to sleep. You know, nobody's hurt. We're just driving in the open desert. <laughs> we'll wake you up if something happens. Uh, wow. And what, Thank you for your service. Oh, thank that, you. Yeah. That story does remind I, – I used to um, work for the Air Force as a contractor, oh, and wow. I had a chance to talk to a B-2 pilot um, who, was, who was in the area, and he said this very similar thing. I was like, oh, you know, what's it like being a pilot? He's like, very bored for a long time, and then extreme amounts of excitement and adrenaline, and then very bored for a long time. And yeah, I mean, and the excitement always shows up right when you're ready to quit. You're like, you know what? Well, sure, I'm done. This this work sucks. I hate it. They talk <laughs> to me like a kid, and I didn't do any of the stuff that the recruiter told me I was going to do. And then you had that one moment for like five minutes. You're like, yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, oh wait, I forgot. I hated this job. <laughs> 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 uh, I, that makes sense, though. Like in Dunkirk, I mean, you had you know a couple hundred thousand people there, I believe, uh, and they didn't all see exactly the same thing. They all weren't on the same exact boats. Um, and so to try to tell that story in a way that's comprehensive and gives the viewer a sense of what it was like there, um, it 
yeah, the, the, the persons writing the stories have to pick and choose. Um, I think Black Hawk Down is one of the, the, the stories where in one of your episodes I really liked. Did you do Black Hawk Down? You did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, but it, Zero Dark Thirty is the one I heard recently. But oh, mm-hmm. same concept where you can't have every single person portrayed because there are so many people involved that you wind up having to do what's called a uh, – oh, what do they call them? Where they blend multiple people together into one Composite character. Composite character. Composite yeah. character. And so you still get the gist of what happened, how the people were, the characters uh, of the people who were on the ground. They're just all composited or compiled into one character because it's easier to – to grasp when you see it on the film uh, and and your show does a, a good job of separating that out like well this one person was really like four or five uh, people and this is what we believe all these five people were doing separately but then we you know to, to convey that to you we had to put it in one person um, and so that's that's really neat that you break that down for everybody as well uh, what kind of feedback do you get from your audience over the years like I mean you're hearing from me now since podcast movement 2022 but <laughs> Uh, besides me, like how how have people come forward and, and shared their thoughts about how your shows uh, entertain them or taught them or just given them those aha moments? Um, it, it's kind of a, it's it's pretty across the board. I mean, there's um, people who, you know who love military history and they love the, those kind of movies. There's you know, like WE, right? Obviously not military, but you know, there's I try to do a, a range, and so. Um, I could, honestly could just do the entire series just in World War II movies because there's so many of them <laughs> so out there. So many, yeah. But I try not to. <laughs> um, but so so there there is kind of a range. Uh, and with that, you get a lot of uh, differences in the amount of history that we know about things. Um, you know, like with military history, probably some of the most documented types of history just because you have – especially World War II because you have, you know – the Nazi Third Reich that just completely fell. So we have all their top secret documents and all that kind of stuff that you wouldn't have from a war that where they didn't, the, the government didn't collapse and you, you lose all that, you get all that. Um, so things like that, where there's such a wide range that a lot of the a lot of the feedback is, you know, it they they love it or sometimes it's oh the adding adding little tidbits here and there, um, which which is great because it's one of those it's. I love movies and I love history, so I love learning more things too. I've, there's been a lot of people that have reached out and be like, oh, you know, I lived in that house or I was related to this person or, you know, that kind of thing. And just adding a little tidbit to the story that uh, kind of like what we were talking about, you know, everybody has a different perspective. And so there's all these other little stories that can help go into the overall uh, story. And I think it just kind of helps. I love learning little tidbits like that. You're never going to learn about stuff like that in a history book, you know, about this one little thing, you know, that um, part of somebody's family who happened to listen to the show and, and reach out about that. That's not, you may not read that in a history book. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Cap Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. 
now is your show something that you do full time or are you like most of us and you've got like a day gig and then this is something that's a passion project for you? It is now. So you mentioned earlier um, how I have some that are just me. Yeah. And then now I've been doing uh, interviews. So that transition, the reason why. So I started off the show as, as a passion thing on the side of my full time gig. Um, and then I was able to take it full time. And so once I went full time, it was a lot easier to actually be able to talk to the subject matter experts and do it on their schedule. Right. Instead of being like, you know, I could I could. I could talk to you on the weekends or, you know, after I get off of work and, and they're like, no, that's not going to work for me. So, um, initially I was doing it uh, part time and that's where all the, um, solo episodes are. And then once I started doing interviews, if you go back through the back catalog, you'll see that transition happen. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's when I started taking it full time to kind of take advantage. I mean, I guess I, I could still do the solo episodes and I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do, do more of those in the future as well, but also being able to, um, talk to people that the people that wrote the books, you know, and, and a lot, a lot of those, it's, it's just been fascinating for, it's so much fun for me to be able to actually just sit down and talk to them and, and geek out about that, that yes. kind of history. Right. It's, it's a great way to, to, uh, you know, get closer to the source of information too, because these guys have been researching the, uh, what is known as like the primary source of information. Like you talked about earlier, um, you know, you go to NASA, that's the primary source of information. Uh, a news story from that time period would probably be a secondary source. Uh, and then somebody tweeting about it today would be more like a tertiary source. <laughs> and too many of us kind of rely on tertiary sources as the only source. Uh, but talking to the, you know, these authors of these books who've written about some of these movies or the events that the movies are based on, I should say, they're kind of the secondary source, but they've taken their information from a variety of primary sources. And uh, the, the depth that, I mean, you already brought a lot of depth. Hearing them talk, they, they bring in these nuances that you wouldn't even think about, um, which are still very entertaining. Like, I'm trying to think of an example right now, but like my mind's just getting flooded with them. Uh. <laughs> well, some example you talk about the the different sources and and um, there. I mean, yeah, there's there's going to be different levels, but some of them, like you know, I had the chance to talk to like Joe Pistone, who was Donnie Brasco, so he was the one that was undercover, and they based the movie on his life, and so he was able to tell stories of things that happened there that you don't see in the movie. I mean, you know, he has a book about it and he has actually has his own podcast about it as well. But, um, so there's things that he was the source or, uh, I don't, do you remember the movie tag from 2018, a comedy movie oh, that yeah. you know, a group of guys that just played tag for like 20 years. So I talked yes. to some of the people that were actually the group of guys that played tag and, you know, they're talking about, they were, it was great, you know, fun just to laugh with them as a comedy movie. So, you know, a lot of fun there, but they're the source. There's not yeah. a book written about them. You know, they, there was a newspaper article that then they based the movie on, um, but they were the source. And so sometimes you can get <laughs> to the source for, for some of those. And I try to do that sometimes too. Nice. Nice. That is funny. <laughs> I didn't realize I was a, um, based on a true story. Now I'm going to have to go. It's very loosely. Yeah. The concept oh, yeah. is there. <laughs> when you listen to the episode and they're laughing about a lot of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, they, they took the concept and, and they kind of ran with yeah. it. But, you know, it, it, it's a comedy, so it's not meant to be. Super factual. Uh, does anyway. that does that group fight over which one of them is played by Jeremy Renner? <laughs> <laughs> and no, that, that, I, not to my knowledge. They didn't. Uh, they didn't mention like, that. I'm Hawkeye. No, I'm Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> That'd be me. I'm, I'm yeah. Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they got a choice in no. who was playing who. <laughs> That's true. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, now, one of the cool things that 
yeah, I love about history is, um, you know, there's that saying that those who fail to learn their history are doomed to repeat it. And uh, so that's part of why I'm so fascinated by it. It's kind of one of my top five strengths in the the Clifton or Gallup Strength Finder is is context. Uh, because, you know, when you look at the past, it kind of gives you a pattern of behavior and you can almost use it to predict what can happen in the future if we don't do something differently. Uh, are there any like historical accounts that stand out to you that, um, I don't want to phrase that question. It's like, like historical events that we should probably keep an eye on that if we don't keep an eye on them and be aware of ourselves that we're doomed to repeat them. That's um, without getting overly political, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I, I think that the challenge with that is there's there's so many just because life is so complex. And I mean, we're both based in the United States, but our experience here in the United States is going to be very different than somebody in a different country. Um, and but that doesn't mean that the history of another country can't be applicable to our history and vice versa. And that's where it starts to get to be so complex. I think the the, the key though um, is kind of what you're saying, the pattern where kind of like I was, what I was saying, like with sources, you know, I, I try to do a, a minimum of, of three um, at least, you know, valid sources, but also, you know, finding that pattern because there can be for lack of a better way to phrase it, one-off things that happen and basing what you do in the future on a one-off thing that happened, you know, Apollo 13, you're talking about that, right? I mean, if we based our, our space program on that, what's the point? It's just going to blow up when we get to space, right? What's the point <laughs> of ever trying it again, right? Um, so you, you base it on a pattern. Um, but also with the idea, like what we were talking about before too, where things can change, right? So just because something happened in, in history, like it doesn't really mean that that's 100% how, the way that that happened. And that means that also it might not be how it happens in the future because there might be elements to the story that we don't really know that could have factored in. Um, something, you, you, the phrase that you mentioned, you know, doomed, doomed to repeat history, something I, I like to kind of um, mention when somebody kind of mentions that phrase is there are some people throughout history that have used history in a negative way to specifically try to do something negative. Um, you can, uh, we all like to point back to, you know, World War, so talking World War II, like the Nazis, right? Everybody goes that way. Um, in his, his biography, uh, John Toland, I believe he was the Pulitzer Prize, um, author who wrote that, like a, a Hitler biography, fantastic book. If you get a chance to read it. Um, but in that book, he talks about how Hitler studied the United States and their history and how they treated the native Americans and how they, you know, with starvation and just complete different forms of technology that to just obliterate them in in so many ways um and use the, and we we know what the nazis did right and so there are people who use it to negative effect and i think that's something that we also need to keep in mind too because you may be doomed to repeat it but unfortunately there are people out there who are trying to repeat it and not necessarily trying to repeat it in a way that is um positive and what irony too that yeah, that came from our past that gave the idea of how to execute the Holocaust, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, there's it, there's some rather um, somber things when you look at a, a lot of that history. There's more history that that particular connection. The Nazis looked at a lot of the uh, racial segregation and things like that in the United States, as well as um, you know, the Jim Crow laws and things like that um, in, in a lot of their things. 
uh, I mean, it wasn't just the United States. They looked, yeah. they were, were, don't want to mean to pick on that. Like, that's the only thing, like, you know, that <laughs> like, aspect. But I think that's another thing, too, of like yeah. the patterns, right? Where you can, you can pick these out. And if that's the only thing that you focus on, well, then, yeah, you can pick, say that and be like, oh, well, we're going to go that route, too. Well, no, not necessarily, because there's a lot of other factors involved, too. And I think that's where the pattern starts to come in, um, yeah. like you were saying. It's like a good inspiration to like, get more information, you know, get more yeah. perspectives on something. Um, keep learning. Keep yeah. learning. And keep learning from those credible sources. And even though they're credible sources, you keep learning from other credible sources, too, because those credible sources may be wrong. Because, you know, and, and that, that may be the case, too. And not saying that they're trying to specifically mislead, but there may be things in history that we didn't know until we uncover new things. Exactly. And uh, I was quoting um, Colin Powell to somebody over the week, a buddy of mine, the, the one I went on a camping trip with, because um, we were talking about, you know, primary source information, secondary source, uh, what is valid information, what is not. And, uh, you know, people kind of react to headlines and initial reports. And I was like, you know, I always am reminded of something Colin Powell said in one of his biographies or autobiographies. And that was in his military career and even through his political career, he never trusted the initial report of anything. Uh, to him, that was the most incomplete, far off point report he would ever have. And so as soon as that initial report came in, it was like his aha red flags go up. But rather than acting on that initial report, he'd go and demand more information, go find out more, find out this, this, and this. And that comes in, go, I need more, go get more and look at it from these perspectives. And, um, and it's almost like the, is it J.D. Salinger who wouldn't look at anything until he got the third draft? And uh, uh, it's like, now I know I've got your best work, so I'll look at it now. Uh, it was kind of like that. It's like, you know, just keep getting more information from different perspectives, different sources, and now you've got a bigger picture to work with, and you can fine-tune and, and then make a better decision from there. And, you know, I mean, we're talking kind of high-level from, like, government levels and entities and so on. Uh, but I think this also applies on a personal level for us. You know, the show's called Beyond the Rut, guys. I had to bring it in. <laughs> uh, yeah, when we're looking at our own pasts, uh, whether it's our own past performance over and over again, you know, I go from one, you know, horrible relationship to the next, to the next, to the next. There's There's kind of a constant in there. It's probably me. Uh, so what am I doing uh, repeatedly that is probably turning people off or turning people away? Um, you know, what is it from my past that I'm not thinking about? Maybe I picked up a bad habit from my parents who've gone through like five divorces. Uh, I'm making all this up, guys, right now. So I, uh, let's say I'm doing the math real quick. Well, three, four. Yeah, I was close. My parents have gone through, <laughs> I think, three or four divorces in their lives um, together combined. Uh, so it's like, you know, in domestic violence, for example, uh, I've worked in an organization where one of the programs was a batterer intervention program. And one of the things that broke the director's heart about that program was that um, there was one group session she was running and she was looking at across the person, uh, the, the circle. And it's this elderly gentleman who's been in her program multiple times. And she's like, Oh man, this guy's never going to get it. And then she realizes the guy sitting next to him is his son who's in his midlife. And she's like, I've seen that guy multiple times. When's he going to get it? And then for the first time, sitting next to that guy was his son, and he was in his early 20s, and it just kind of hit her. She's like, I remember that man's story, the older of the three, and I remember this guy, the middle-aged guy's stories. This is the son they've mentioned in their stories, and now he's here too. And, um, and it just kind of hit her. Like, the only way that cycle is going to break 
is one of them needs to realize that there is a cycle and they got to do something differently. And, uh, and she just hoped that one of them would get it and make a change. Um, never got to hear if they, if either of those three guys themselves got it, but that, that just stuck with me. I'm like, wow, you know, that's an extreme case, domestic violence, but I mean, it could be poverty. It could be, you know, my career, you know, just my dad was an accountant. I became an accountant. Both of us hated being accountants and we think life sucks. And it's like, well, one of you want to change it? <laughs> what would it take to change that? Uh, and so it's like, I think that's part of why I love history. It's, it could be entertaining, but we could also learn from it. Um, and I don't know if it's the same for you. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're beyond the rut, right? right? What is a rut, but a pattern of things that have been, have happened before, right? You build a rut from things that have happened before. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think so too. I mean, that's one of the things that draws me to history um, is you can, you can learn, you can, I mean, you can definitely learn from the past to make a better future. Um, the other, the other side of that is you also still have to want to make that better future and not just repeat the, like we talk about, you know, repeat the problems of the past. Um, because there are definitely are things in the past, not our, our own personal past that uh, we, we all make mistakes and we can all um, do it again. But if you want the same result, you're, you're going to do the same thing again, right? Or you can try something different. Um, part of part of my background in marketing, I, I remember I was um, when I first got into that whole side with content marketing, podcasting, and that side. Uh, I was talking to um, then my my manager, who is you know marketing genius, and I asked him, I was like, okay, what's the, like the basic concept of marketing? He's like, try something, and if it works, keep going that way. If it doesn't, go a different direction. It's trial and error. I mean, because everything everything changes and it's it's the same sort of thing with life to some degree i mean every day we have a chance to try something different maybe not everything but you know try something a little bit different and if it if it works right you you go on and what do you try different well that's in personally that's where i look to history to try things to get new ideas read books go to the sources you know get ideas for ways to continually change and you know try to do the best you can and continually hopefully improve if something doesn't improve then you know you yeah change that <laughs> hopefully <laughs> awesome yeah. awesome I, I love that we're able to make that turn in in the whole discussion so uh yeah y'all uh, it wasn't just me getting up here to to geek out with with dan and, and talk about history <laughs> the whole time uh there, there was a purpose behind it and and hopefully you've been encouraged to you know uh Take a deeper dive into the history around you, your own history, your family history, your community history, or just you want to just keep connecting the dots between a film that you really liked and the research that Dan and his his uh, guests have pulled together. Uh, so, Dan, if somebody does want to go check out your show or get more from you, where can they go? Based on a true story podcast dot com. It's got everything, all the links to all, whatever podcast app you're using. Um, all the episodes are there. Listen right away if you want to. Nice. And then uh, while you're there at that website, you know, buy them a cup of coffee. Uh, that icon is in the lower right. You can't miss it. It's right there. Right, fill up this here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As I'm sipping my cup too. <laughs> uh, what's on the horizon for um, uh, for your show? Um, I've got uh, an episode coming out soon about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. So oh, nice. that was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you've seen, um, there's a, a show on Netflix called The Lost Kingdom which is all about like the golden era of pirates. It was actually really well done. I thought it was like a mini series docudrama where they had some experts in a documentary style, but they also acted a lot of it out. Um, Colin Woodward was one of the guys that they talked to a um, Pulitzer prize nominated author. Um, and so I had him on the show to talk about that. 
Um, I did an episode, uh, speaking of Netflix, the Jeffrey Dahmer series, uh, covering that as well. Um, and then, you know, got to go back to some classics. I got Spartacus coming out, you know, the classic movie. Um, so trying to get quite a range of different things out there. Nice, nice. And, and before we go, any final words of wisdom? Um, I would say what you were saying, uh, history, family history is a great place to start. If you're not sure where to start, family history is great. Um, see what sort of things from your own his- family history you can learn. Uh, what are some of those ruts and what can you do different tomorrow to try to change that trajectory? Nice. Dan, I had a great time talking with you and uh, hopefully we get to connect at the next podcast movement, if not sooner. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, man. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, as I'm listening to it right now with you, I was just still blown away. I'm like, I can't believe I got to sit down with Dan, have a conversation with him, and uh, he didn't like get a restraining order against me for being so weird. Um, it turns out he lives close, too. So, I mean, Dan, you don't need a restraining order. I'm just saying... I was excited to talk with you. That, that's all I'm saying, okay? Uh, so for all of you, <laughs> go check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 339. And there, you'll be able to find links to his show, his website, provide him some support, maybe provide me some support if you like. Uh, but also, you can just share this with your friends, your family members, your coworkers, the neighbor across the street, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm just still excited from this conversation. So... Hopefully you picked up on some of the things I did that, you know, again, if we're not aware of our history going back generations, we're kind of doomed to repeat it. Um, That when you're presented with a nice story or sensational news article, how do you dig a little bit deeper to know that what you're digging into truly is the facts or somebody's twisting of the facts or perception of the facts and so on so that you can paint your own picture for yourself? Um, Man, you know, tell me, you know, email me at info at beyondtherut.com and let me know what you thought about this episode. Maybe leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm just so excited. I don't want to let you guys go, but I need to let you go. I need you to go out there and live your lives beyond the rut. So until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.